welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. funny you know you go away and this time last week I'm just running along a beach up the north coast and then diving into the ocean and looking at all these other people just you know bringing their umbrellas and their boards down to the beach and then we go into town and there's people all around the cafes and and this is like the second week in a row that I hadn't been in church I know I know I know you have to pray for me uh and, it's, and, and you just realise, yeah, people develop habits. We all have habits. And I just thought, yeah, I get it. Some people could just get out of the habit of going to church on a Sunday morning. And it's just the beach is their habit. And they do nippers or surfing or whatever. And, and, uh, and I just thought, yeah, yeah, I could understand. It's all very cool and relaxing. But praise God, I just don't stay in that habit because it's not the same. It's, uh, there's the call, the grip of the call of God. There's purpose. There's so much more. There's so much more depth in being in the house of God, being part of the family of God. And so I'm glad we miss, and Ruth genuinely, you know, when she gets up and says, oh, like she finds it hard to have holidays. So it's a good thing for pastors when you hear that, you know. <laughs> you should be glad that your pastors aren't like, oh, great, we're back. Hi again, here we go, another one, 2021. You know, that we do really love, uh, you know, you and the Lord and serving God and being together in His church. Um, and, uh, and I think um, at this time of year, we like to revisit what we do and why we do it. Because, uh, like I said, there's a lot of options. You don't have to be here. It's a free country and there's plenty of nice beaches and options. There's bush that way, beaches that way. Learn to fly, jump out of a plane up there. Mining, if you're keen, that way, you know. <laughs> John will teach you about mining. You, you get all directions, all kinds of stuff. Caving, you know, whatever people do underground. Um, but uh, there's nothing like the house of God and Ellen has said it right up front you know that uh, God has set aside he's a good plan for your life is to have a Sabbath and it's a holy day a special day and we don't have to be religious and silly about that you enjoy it uh, and enjoy the house of God and and so we at this time of year talk about our vision and our mission our vision is to glorify God very simple and then our mission I've heard Byron talking about this last week or the week before, just reminding us that our, our mission is to be continually reaching up to worship God, reaching out with the good news of Jesus and reaching in with love and training or discipleship uh, so that we're equipped to serve God. And so um, we, throughout this month, are talking more about the reaching up aspect, the connection, the relationship, the worship, the devotion to God. And like I said, these guys did a great job over the last few weeks. And today I want to talk about the Word of God, the Bible, and how we approach it and what we use the Bible uh, for and helping us to, to stay strong in God and close to God. Um, so if you have a Bible, I want you to open it uh, to Jeremiah chapter 15. And, um, uh, and, and Joe, I think, is giggling over here. Was that you? Um, maybe giggling is not the right word, but I couldn't hear because of the mask. Some, so... Uh, Eleanor mentioned this, I think, also. If you, if you find it hard to read the Bible, uh, 
do a two-year Bible reading program. And I started this beginning of last year, and Joe did as well. And so we're in Jeremiah at the moment. But if you, it's not too late. You'd have to do a bit of catch-up, but you basically start and you can easily look up a two-year program, divvies it up. Uh, one year, in, I've done the Bible in a year a few times, and it's a wild ride, and it's a little fast and frenetic to get through it all. But I've found two years going through the Bible is really cool. And there's a, a lot of other uh, apps and Bible reading programs these days that will help you, uh, devotional um, programs of all kinds to help you get into the Word. And that's what I want to talk about today and the benefits of it. Um, Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16, look, he says, Your words were found, this is God's word, and I ate them. Interesting. And your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart, for I'm called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. Notice he's, he's, I just referred to that, that sense that we are called. More to life than just paying off the mortgage and going to the beach or finding a life partner and having a few holidays, or, you know, there's all just the, the, the enjoyment of life, but there's a call for us. There's, a, there's, there's something about the call of God, and we are all, we're all uh, subject to that call if we'll listen. Um, but notice those first few words. Your words were found, and I ate them. One translation says, when I discovered your words, I devoured them. How cool is that? Because there's three different things you can do with the Word of God. The first one is very easy. You don't even find it. You don't discover anything. Because the words of God don't, you know, the Bible doesn't jump off the, pay, off the shelf and land on your study, flipping it open. It doesn't easily jump out of an iPad because there's a million other apps. And even if you've got the Bible app, there's a fair bit of discipline required to make sure you go to that one instead of that stupid game that's addicted you to kill, crush, candy, whatever, you know, thing you got into or some word, chest, whatever, you know. Um, so it's very easy just to not have the word, not hear the word. You can just never find the word. There's a bit of chasing involved, a little bit of willingness to search for God's word, a certain kind of discipline and a desire to go looking for what God is saying. Uh, and easy not to do that. But that's not us. So we don't ignore the word. We'll, we'll find it. Uh, second thing, though, that people can do is that they can find the word of God, but all they get is a little nibble. They're not quite going in deep like Jeremiah. They just yeah, taste. And then what do you say about weird foods? Um, oh, it's not to my liking. Or, oh, oh it's not to my taste. And, uh, and that's fine if it's, you know, weird Spanish olives or caviar or... Okay, true confessions. I don't even like Vegemite. I know. I'm an Australian. I know. It's terrible. And maybe that's... I don't know. Maybe it should be part of my 2021, you know, plan or, you know, goals for the year or something. But it doesn't matter... Okay, maybe that one does matter a little bit because it's Australian and all that and people have a thing about it. But, uh, but you know, whether you're getting into some exotic weird food or you don't like anchovies on your pizza or, you know, it, that, it, it doesn't really matter. It's not to your liking. But we, we shouldn't be so dismissive and flippant of the Word of God to taste and go, oh, it's not to my liking. And that's easy to do because, again, I mean, you can read a psalm and, oh, that's nice, you know. But other times... 
oh, this is hard going. What is God saying? What's, what's with all the bloodshed? Or how, what, look at all these laws, all the genealogies. Or this is, there's sometimes a bit of mining needed to find the gems. And some people aren't willing to go digging and getting dirty in the mines. And so, uh, uh, like Luke's working in a mine uh, out in Orange, and I couldn't believe it. He said, the mine, he said, how deep do you reckon? I'm like, oh, hundreds of metres, you know, like hundreds of no, no. And I keep going. It's, it's five kilometres deep. Five kilometres below the surface of the earth. The guys that go to the front of the mine, the, you know, the, coal fa- the gold face, that's uh, a gold mine, they, it takes them an hour to commute from the top of the mine to when they start working. They've got buses that go round and round and round. For, and so uh, there's some digging. There's stuff down and they don't get, you know, what is it, alluvial, the gold that you can pan. You can go to Bathurst and get, you know, four little grains of gold. Yeah, look, Dad, you know. But the serious stuff they go digging for. And the Word of God's a little like that sometimes. Uh, and so you, you can't afford to just, you know, dismiss it if it's not to your initial taste. So the third option is, of course, what Jeremiah understood and that is to go deep and to get nourishment from the Word of God. He found the words and he, he ate them, so he digested them. You get sustenance for the soul this way. And just as we need good food for our bodies, we need the Word of God to give us energy, just like physical energy for ourselves. And, and just as it's easy to eat junk food for your body in the natural, it's easy to fill your mind and your soul and your heart with junk food. And, uh, okay, true confessions number two, I love junk food. Oh, I love hamburgers, hot chips, chocolate, donuts, baklava, dessert of any kind, anything with fat or sugar, I'm in. It's honestly, it's just so cool. But I'm also not an idiot and I have a body that talks and I'm smart enough to listen to it when it says, hey, settle down. Enough of the fried stuff. Give me something green, you know. And so, you know, you, you, you have a balanced diet. You make sure you get some, some nourishment, some stuff that's actually got some, you know, vitamins in it. And, uh, and you just keep the junk food on the, on the down low, just occasional treats. Uh, and so Jeremiah understood this principle in spiritual terms because he knew he had to feed off God's word. And, and if you, you know, read the book of Jeremiah, you'll see why he needed God's word so much because all the other words in his life were terrible. Everyone's having a go at him. He suffered such persecution in his life that only the word of God would sustain him through all the trials and tribulations that he faced. Now, our lives probably, in fact, I can guarantee your life's not going to be as tough as Jeremiah's, but without God's word, you'll stay unhealthy on the inside just like in the physical realm without a decent meal because your spirit will be missing vital nourishment that only God's word provides. Because, and, you know, you can have your snack foods for the soul, entertainment and hobbies and screens and fun activities and all that, but you'll still need that good meal that the, God, the word of God will bring. And, of course, this requires some decision, some sense of discipline because there's a lot of tasty treats available, just like... You know, again, physical, you walk supermarket aisle, there's all these colourful looking foods full of fat and sugar. They'll, you know, easily f- jump into the trolley by themselves. Uh, but 
um, you know, if you're not careful in your spiritual world, your downtime, the time before and after work or uni or school and you're just, there's so many options, so many, uh, you know, apps or random crazy YouTube clips or social media scrolling or TV if you're old and you still watch TV. Uh, there's a lot of media content and none of them are necessarily bad themselves um, like the occasional hamburger or Mars bar. It's okay but, uh, but it's not a healthy diet if that's all you're feeding off and you need to stop sometimes and ask yourself, is this feeding my soul? Is this edifying me? Is this blessing me? Is this drawing me closer to the Lord? Is this helping or hindering my relationship with God? And in fact, there are plenty of attractive soul food options that really are bad, <laughs> that we really need to be careful of. Because there's all kinds of ideas floating around the world that can lodge into your mind. I think Hudson was talking about this you know, thinking about a Star Wars movie and fussing about it. And I love that story he told when he preached a few weeks ago when he got all wound up about the CD that didn't come in the mail and it was promised and it was supposed to be there at a certain date and he rang the head office and he ended up fighting him for $2.22 of postage, to do, you know. And he's like, yeah, I'm the little man against the system, you know, and he's all wound up. Well, he would... Admit, I think he did admit that that was a story of what not to do uh, because his mind was getting caught up, you know, angsty about consumer law and just, you know, his position in it all. And, and so, there, and there's, and at the moment, we've got people who are getting caught up with conspiracy theories. People get more wound up than they should about American politics being Australian. There's a level of involvement and engagement that's appropriate and not. And some people get upset and worried about, you know, what someone said or did years or decades ago that's still in their head. People are fearful about COVID and to some degree they need to be, you know, careful and, but then they need wisdom so they don't just live out of fear. There's a lot of stuff that can get in your head and mess up your heart and your mind and stir and swirl around in there. And so we need to tap into a source of truth and peace and hope and calm and stability and light and that is the Word of God. And that is going to bring clarity rather than fuzzy wild thoughts of scrolling and going, oh, is that true? I don't know. What does he say? Oh, you can't read the fake news or the media. You talk about fasting, you know, it's like Eleanor said, you know, maybe some people need to just fast from Facebook social media, maybe forever, if it's not doing you any good. But the Bible brings us stuff that we need. The Bible brings, the Bible is God speaking, yeah? So, you know, with people, we need to, you get so many voices, so many words, let's hear from God. And when we read the word, we hear God speaking to us. And it will provide you with five essential things. The Bible will give you encouragement. Because God loves us, he tells us and shows us through Jesus coming how much he loves us. And that, in, that, that should lift your spirit. That should give you some hope and encouragement about life. The, the Bible's full of direction, secondly, because there's a lot of commandments and commandments aren't wrong and evil, even though we're in a I want to do what I want to do kind of age. Parents know this. Hey, kids, can I just suggest that maybe you don't eat everything that's 
you know, in the cupboard that's full of sugar. Would it be all right if it would it suit you maybe not to drive my car because you're six years old? So can you put the keys back? You know, I mean, that's bad parenting, isn't it? It's like, don't do that. Why? Because I said so. Good to learn the power of the word. Do as you're told, you know. And so you can tell I'm a little old school, but just a little. Um, so you can, you know, modernise it up. But the principle's still there that, you, you, you know, these commandments are good, okay? And it's like when my kids are little, work is good, say after me, work is good. You know, so commandments are good and the Bible's full of commandments and principles, but they provide direction. And then thirdly, there's correction because there's stuff in our life that we do wrong and it's good for us to be told. Again, that's not really popular, but it's a good, important concept in life that if you're going the wrong way, someone loves you enough to tell you that and to tell you to go another way. That's the Word of God with correction. And then, of course, there's promises. Wow, we could talk all day about the promises of God that are in the Word of God. Amazing, wonderful. And then fifthly, wisdom. The Bible will help you. There's a spirit of wisdom that gets in us when we read the Word of God. There's practical tips for life in the Word, especially, say, the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs. But there's a spirit that we can gauge from God which helps us make great decisions Helps us deal with the craziness and figure out what's true and what isn't because there's spirit of truth that we can get in our heart. And so if we fail to fill our hearts and minds with the Word of God, then we're just making room for a whole bunch of other negative or crazy stuff that will come flooding in and it will drive us away from the Lord, lead us away from His presence. And, uh, you know, some people have, have lost their passion, sadly, lost their close connection or intimacy that they might have had with the Lord. Not because they woke up and said, I'm going to backslide today. Who does that? You know, like It's been great following the Lord Jesus and I'm going to heaven and he's blessing my life along the way. But you know what? I'm just going to mix things up, ruin my life and walk away from God. You know, that's not how we kind of operate. But uh, some people have just slipped into bad habits filling their mind, allowing words that come from all kinds of places to get in the mind, get in the heart and slipped out of the healthy habit of reading and feeding on God's word. Who's ever lost their keys at home? I think we've all done this. Don't you hate it? You've got to go out and it's you know impossible to find your car keys or these days it's the phone. You lose your phone and... Uh, and of course, you think you found it. Put that back. That's my phone. I've ridden motorbikes with a bunch of guys, arrived at one cafe to find my phone's not with me. No one else has got it. Ridden back to the previous cafe that we were at to find that it's not there. Assume it's stolen. Go back to the cafe again, only for a guy to sheepishly go, sorry, I picked up your phone at the last cafe, thinking it was his. Everyone's phone looks the same. And you're looking for phones at home. Where's my phone? What does everyone say? Ring it. Oh, it's on silent. Okay, great. Everyone should be really quiet. Might be on vibrate. Be quiet. Everyone be quiet. And then what do you say when you've got to find something? What do you say? Where did you leave it last? Where were you when you last had it? Well, you know what? It's just the same in our relationship with God. Because if you've lost the company of Christ, you need to ask yourself where and when did I enjoy that last? And if you go back, that's where you'll find him. So for some people, it's simple. They've just neglected to pray. So you just got to go back into the closet. 
you just go to a prayer meeting and get stirred and get a little inspired to keep praying yourself and you'll rediscover your passion. And then for some, it's sin and the guilt that comes with it. And so you'll only return to Jesus if you repent from that sin and deal with it and give up on it. And then the cloud will lift, the forgiveness will come, things get restored. And I think for many Christians, it's often simply that they're no longer reading the Scriptures. And if that's you, you'll find Jesus again by returning to regular reading and feeding on God's Word. Because Jesus hasn't gone away. We've just, you know, got to find our way back to Him. And, and when you do, you'll discover, just as Jeremiah did, that it's a joy, a delight in our heart. And, uh, and so it brings us satisfaction, sustenance on the inside. And that's why the Bible says... Man shall not live, you've heard this, on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And there it is quoted from the book of Matthew. As you may know, it's actually earlier in the Bible as well in Deuteronomy. Uh, But Jesus here in Matthew 4 is recorded saying it. Um, and, And notice when he says this in the Greek in the New Testament, you may know there's two words for word, in English word, word, the Greek had the word um, logos and the word rima or rhema. Logos meaning the written word and Jesus uses the word rima here because it's the spoken word, words that are alive. And so this is important when you read the Bible, you realise, oh, I see, it's not, just, it's not just written down for posterity. It's not just a historical record. This is God's words to me. This is God speaking to me. This is words that are alive now. And, uh, and so that's powerful. It's fresh. It's alive. And so that's why we need to have the Word of God in us, but then we also need to have it coming out of us. We need to be speaking it out. And in fact, that passage, as you may know, is when Jesus was tempted by the devil out in the wilderness and every response he gave to the devil's temptation was quoting Scripture, speaking the Word of God, rebutting and rebuking the devil with the Word of God. So we can learn from that, should learn from that, should employ the same uh, tactic. In fact, it's, it's called the sword of the Spirit. It's a great weapon against our enemy. The Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit, Ephesians tells us. And so it's vital, like I said, to have the Word of God in our heart. But let's just think a little bit more about this usage of it. So I've been talking about feeding on it, getting it in. But think with me a little bit about how we employ it, how we speak it, how we confess the Word of God, because that's exactly what the Bible says, to have it both in the heart and the mouth. Look at this scripture in Romans 10. You know, Paul's writing to the Romans about um, the Old Testament, Jewish people, the law, but then he's referring to the way of faith. And then he says, what does it say? It meaning the walk of faith, the ways of faith. The Word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we, we proclaim. And then look at verse 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's why we like people to pray a prayer, to become a Christian, to not just say, yeah, I kind of believe in God, I guess. It's sort of like there's something floating around in my heart. It's a bit fuzzy. I kind of got brought up. 
with a concept of God. My grandmother prayed for me. So I guess I'm a Christian. Well, let's just go that little step further because it says here you need to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Something very powerful about confession and lining up with what's going on in our heart. And so that's important for salvation, but more than just that, just the way we live our lives. Verse, verse 10, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So look at them working together, heart and mouth, several different times mentioned together. So we receive the Word of God. We remember the Word of God. We, we, we want to reflect on the Word of God in our heart, but then we also want to use the Word of God, exercise that Word, employ that Word in our lives by what we say. Because words are powerful. Have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed how some people have just got a great life and they talk about it in glowing terms, and, uh, and other people are the opposite. And they also talk about it. Like, you'll think, well, this is terrible for the person who's doing it tough. Um, sorry, I'll just kind of make sure I got that scripture. Hang on one sec, I lost my place, excuse me. Um, yeah, you know, some people, you, um, you chat to them and you think, wow, what an incredible, they go, oh, their yeah, life's wonderful, you know, wife's gorgeous or you know the woman says oh my husband's amazing you know he's look at him he's just fantastic and you look at him you think doesn't look fantastic at all but she seems to think so and you know oh my home and my future and everything and my children and my employment and and you say wow what a great life and amazing and then someone else oh tells you about their life and it's terrible and you think oh that's so sad what a sad set of circumstances you know, that they're in and how lucky these guys are to be in this, this situation. But often when you dig deeper, or you, you realise when you're often listening to people talk, you realise actually their circumstances aren't any different at all. It's really just their attitude and the way they're talking about their life. Because this person has got a great job and the husband doesn't look any better than this buffhead. And, you know, the kids have got just as many good qualities is bad and this person you know and you realize hang on this is per this person's just down in a fog having a whinge in a negative frame of mind this person's an optimist and they're talking about things in glowing terms and there's something that goes on about our words where things start to get activated where our words have creative power how did god create the whole world and we're made in his image. And so there's something powerful about what we say. And we end up affecting the world that we live in and creating the world that we enjoy or otherwise by the power of our words. And so this person that's talking about, you know, their amazing marriage or their wonderful kids and all that, guess what? Things seem to work out. Marriage seems, he's not such a buffet after all, after all these years of her raving about him, you know. And meanwhile... Poor old Walter Mitty over here or, you know, some bloke that's been browbeaten or some woman whose husband never seems to love her or the kids that are always getting hounded and told they're hopeless and the job that they whinge about never seem to get promoted and it doesn't seem to be enjoyable. And so there's something very powerful that goes on there and it's not just this is the life that I have, that's the way it is. It's like, yeah, but what are we saying about it? What are we doing with our words? What are we prophesying? What are we proclaiming over our lives? And not just any words, but we have the opportunity to use the word of God, God's powerful word. 
And, um, you know, I don't remember much about physics. True confessions. Number three, I was hopeless uh, with science at school. And about all I remember uh, was uh, potential energy and kinetic energy, you know. And potential energy, you remember, was not yet fulfilled, not yet completed or used or energised or whatever. But, and kinetic energy is when it's actually in motion. Energy's happening. Okay. Are you, are you with me? I know this is very scientific. I'm dumbing it down for the masses, okay? You scientists, I see, I can see, even under that mask, I can see Chris Debenham smiling. <laughs> yeah, um, and Luke, my scientist son, fortunately isn't here, but he's probably laughing his head off at lo- online. Um, but I, I do remember this, and we studied the, you know, Snowy Mountains hydroelectric scheme, and you've been to the Snowies or other dams, you know, and you see these lovely, you know, lakes of water dammed up against a wall and it's just sitting there and it's completely still and, of course, it's all waiting and the chutes open. Then, of course, the water floods down, turns the turbines and, it, and takes that potential energy, converts it into, you know, electricity and then it's kinetic. And, uh, and that is exactly what the Word of God is like because there's promises of the Word in God's Word that are just sitting there. They are just waiting They are full of potential, but it's totally up to us whether we activate, whether we open the chutes at the top of the dam by our reading, our attention, our our prayer over the Word of God, our proclamation over the Word of God, and then those promises get activated. And that is powerful. That is very, and it's totally up to you. Because sadly, like some Christians, you could just neglect the Word of God, and that water will just stay at the top of the dam. And it'd be like the guy, the turbines are waiting. Everyone's like, hey, we need power down in Jindabyne. Could you just pull the lever? And he's like, I don't know, it's interesting stuff on Facebook. I just, I, Can you just pull, all you've got to do is pull the lever? And they're just neglecting the Word of God. No, well, this, I've got this new show on Netflix. You've got to watch it. We can't. We've got no power in Jindabyne waiting for the flipping, you know. And so it'd be, you know, and, and, and you are there. And, it, and the, the lever's in your hand. I suspect it isn't a lever. I'm really dumbing it down too much. It's probably a, a button or maybe he just has to think about it these days and there's some little Chris Debenham invention that you know, starts it. But, you know, things start to happen when we employ the Word of God, pray over it, use it, attend to it. That sickness gets healed. You discover purpose in life. Your ministry for God becomes effective and interesting and exciting. Your finances improve. Your witness for God is strong and, and fresh and real and exciting. Your relationship with God goes deeper. Your, the wisdom to make good decisions gets stronger and grows in your heart. Your, your confidence and hope for the future is, is, is restored. And all these things happen as a flow-on effect of the Word of God getting in us and then coming out of us through our speech, in our heart and in our mouth. Amen? And so, find the Word of God. Eat the Word of God. Discover the joy and the delight that the Word of God can bring to you. Wow. And, uh, and as I said, there's many different ways to do that. And then use the Word every day. I heard a pastor say the other day, he said, the first thing in the morning, you're anybody's. You're open slather. You wake up. Oh, you've either got those weird, crazy dreams spinning in your head or tempting, weird, 
negative thoughts that float in from the enemy or you go and open the word of God even just just five minutes just 10 minutes just just get that word of God and that's and that you get that in your head in your heart that'll calibrate your day a whole lot better than just being a victim of whatever crazy words that are floating and hitting around you uh, from all around the world so you get that verse for the day and uh, and then you you think about it throughout the day you pray over it and you reflect on it and use it for God's glory amen so let's make uh, uh, I was gonna say effort let's just make a decision it's not an effort it's just a dis- decision a bit of discipline but it's a decision that is um, well rewarded and uh, like any appetite you start tasting and seeing you find, wow, the Lord is good. His word is good. This is exciting and you'll, uh, you'll enjoy it throughout the year and attend to the word. Amen. Praise him. Well, let's pray. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for the house of God. We thank you for the times we have together. Thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Oh, we thank you that you bring the word to us. You make it alive when we we pray over it. I pray that this year, every one of us would not neglect the attention that we should give God's word. That Lord God, it would not be a duty. It would not be a a, a sense of of drudgery, uh, but it would be a discipline that becomes a delight to read the word, to memorise promises from God and then to pray over those promises, to prophesy and proclaim the power of the promises of God, that we would take those promises, that water in the dam at the top and then it would turn those turbines, it would produce that power in our lives and in the world around us, that we would have the Word of God in our heart, on our mouth, and out into the world through what we pray, proclaim and prophesy. In Jesus' name I pray, you would stir us today. Come on, make that your prayer for today and for this year, that you would be a man or a woman of the Word, that you would find that habit develop in your life. Get that app or that Bible reading program or whatever works for you and get it in your heart. Get that daily routine going. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. We thank you power of the Word. We thank You for answers coming to solutions, to to problems, solutions coming where there's been uh, uh, fog or distress. Thank You, Lord. Spirit of God. We thank You for our prayer meetings this week that we we will attack the gates of hell. We will knock them down. We will come charging in with the power of God and the power of God's Word. We'll see souls saved. We'll see things change. We'll see answers come into our community. We'll see the kingdom of God advance. The army of God's people joining together with great purpose. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, 
visit c3church.narara.net. Jesus.